everybody. Welcome back to the Good Share Podcast. This is part three, the final part to Stitch and Bitch. This conversation went on for almost two hours, so we broke it up into three parts that are way easier to digest, especially when we get into different philosophical ideas and concepts of what it is to make music and how to push past a ceiling that you may be hitting. And this conversation we left off with different approaches to that very problem and we kind of continue on from there and let's get into it try playing what you don't know try doing the sing thing when i was little about 10 years old or so when i was just starting to play electric guitar lead guitar (laughs) (laughs) I would have my guitar with me in bed and I would lay down on my back and it would be laying across my chest and it's pitch black. Yeah. Can't see a fingerboard. And I would lay there and I would find the G chord. I'd find D chord. I find, you know, I'd I'd feel everything out and know and have better, you know, a better map in my mind where things were on the guitar neck. When I got bored with that, I changed over to finding notes and then just humming. And I would hum and I would move my finger to the note and I wouldn't play it, but I'd hum it first. Then I'd play it and I'd see if I was right. Nice. And then I got from that to having my hand off the fingerboard and I would hum a note and I would take my hand and put it on the note. Wow. Yeah. And then I would do it again and go to a different position and find it again. Yeah. Like I would find my way around the same note in different positions around the neck. And then that went from that to singing with it. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 the other thing, which I'm not great at, but I'm good. I can do it. Um, and then I started, but I hadn't finished this process, but singing harmony with my guitar parts. Yeah. Which is a whole nother level of shit. (laughs) I mean, that's really difficult. But because of that, um, I find that I'm capable of singing more interesting things and humming more interesting things than I can actually play because I go directly to what I can play rather than this interesting thing that I can just, just out of, out of thin air sing because I don't have, I don't have to know how to do a mechanical thing. I can just go or whatever. Yeah. So then it's been like, okay, well I, I hear this and that's way more interesting than what I'm playing here because this is the same shit I've always played. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'll work on that thing playing this way. And it's so interesting when you do that. Because it changes like your your shape, like your shapes that you normally will follow when you learn the fundamental of right, your neck. Right. You have shapes that you kind of just keep repeating over. And you find yourself playing a particular pattern that is really obscure from what you've learned. Yep. <clears throat> and then after all of that, when you and I start playing, we've talked about this. 
I hit another thing where I was just like, ah, I feel like I've been extended. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now at a limit. And then you came into my life and started coming to the studio a lot. And you were really heavy into Dave Matthews. Yeah. And you were playing like these really odd things I've never really heard before. Or maybe I heard it. I just haven't had anyone up close and in person regurgitating it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have that experience. And then I would ask you, like, play that again. And you'd play. i say, slow it down. Yeah. And you would slow it down maybe. And I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I I'd be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember that, but I, there were a few yeah. times I was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing exactly? And you would say, well, whatever. And you say, I'm just playing. You know, I'm just, I'm just playing drums, man. But that sounds like play- something I would say. <laughs> and it was interesting because then I was like, boy, okay, you're playing the same kit that my brother plays. Yeah. And you're playing the same drums that he's playing, and you've got the same amount of time he's playing in, but what you're playing is so vastly different. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's like what I was saying about like two guys can play the same groove, but if this guy's at 100% to play that groove and this guy's at 40, it's going to feel different if he's not working near as hard. Yep. I think one of the greatest compliments I ever heard about myself is this is back when I played with Weaver, but we had this guy for a while who his name was Evan Lemons. <laughs> That was that was his name, but he used to like drive our van and he would like sell our merch and stuff. And he'd just he'd always be like at the tin roof to hang out. And he told me once he was talking to somebody about the band or something, and they said something about another drummer. And Evan was like, "We well, just need to come see this guy play because it just looks like he's sitting on a couch watching TV." <laughs> and he meant it. He meant it as a compliment, but right. like. Just that I was like so relaxed and like it didn't look like I was thinking very hard about Looked what effortless. I was doing. Yeah. Which that's how it should be. Like there's an, uh, one of my favorite bebop drummers, Jeff Hamilton, who's like a contemporary jazz guy now. I read an interview once where he said he learned from one of his teachers that like no matter what you're playing, no matter how complicated it is. Now this is kind of a jazz thinking anyway, but like no matter how complicated it is the audience should never know that it's hard for you to play. Mm-hmm. It should just look like you're having fun and that it's just rolling out of your hands. <laughs> and I've always tried to think about that. And it doesn't always happen. There are definitely times right. where I'm playing something hard and like it doesn't come out right. And the audience <laughs> definitely could tell, oh, he fucked that up. Like, he's not, he's not as good as I thought he was. Wow, look how much he's sweating. <laughs> yeah, well, that wouldn't be an ed- any indication. I'm just... <laughs> So we're uh, two seconds into the first song, I'm just dripping sweat. But and you're playing cajon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh just like things like that, like so yeah, just to get back to your point, like Timmy and I played very differently and we had very different backgrounds. So Yeah. 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 So it it made me realize real quick that I can essentially play the same stuff I know, but place things in time differently, like place them in different spots. Um, and I still 
really like that idea. Yeah. Well, dude, so when you talked about laying in bed and just singing or like maybe it wasn't when you were laying in bed, but you just talked about like Mm -hmm. how you could sing something and it would be way might be beyond what you could actually play. That's actually an exercise we had to do at UArts. Either my, I forget if it was my first year or my second year, but one of the things we had to do was like sit down and sing like a 32 bar, like an AABA form solo, like a drum solo, Mm -hmm. but transcribe what we sing and then see how easy or hard it would be for us to learn what we sang because Mark DiCiani, our teacher, one of our teachers, his whole thing was like, everybody here is going to be able to sing something beyond what they can play. But the goal, you know, when you listen to drummers like Vinnie Caliuta or something, or like Brian Blade or somebody like that, like they don't, they, there's no mental block between what they, they can process in real time. They can hear something like that and it can make their way, it make its way to their limbs and they play it. Like, and that's just B, a, they're monsters, but B like they've practiced a lot. They play in improvisational type situations all the time. And they but, know how to go about executing that thing. They just right, heard. Right. Well, like they've practiced all these different various patterns. So like nothing really hangs them up, but right. But the whole point of exercise was like, see how hard it is for you after you transcribe your 32 bars that you sang See how hard it is for you to actually play what you sang. Mm-hmm. And if there's things that like, oh, at the time that I sang it, I really liked what that is. But now that I'm fleshing it out physically, like maybe it's, it, it's, as... it's kind of uncomfortable to play. So then you have to make a decision like, well, is it uncomfortable to play just because I've never done that motion before? Or is it yeah. uncomfortable to play just because it's unnat like musically it doesn't make sense. Right. You know, cause there's, right. there's a fine line between like, Oh, <laughs> you can use that to justify like, well, I don't, I don't want to learn that. Cause it's, it doesn't, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't fit. But, it doesn't fit but, the, thing, the thing but, and it doesn't sound. Yeah. But like it, some, I think a lot of times uncomfortable or like discomfort, you have to push through like in anything you have to push yeah. through that to grow. Right. You know, like if this sticking thing is uncomfortable to play, it's be- only because your body's never done that motion before. Like if you practice an hour doing that, like that three bar pattern mm-hmm. and, and maybe you're leading with your left hand and your right hand's crossing under or whatever. Like, right. yeah, it's weird as shit, but like after an hour, it's not going to feel weird. And if you come back the next day and do it for a half an hour, it's going to feel even more comfortable. And by the end, you like you could do that for a whole week and then you're going to own that phrase. Yeah, it's going to be completely normal. Yeah, and like maybe it actually is really cool. Like sonically, the melodic thing that's happening because of the physical part of the pattern actually sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. But you never would have gotten to that if you'd have just stopped at, "Oh, this is uncomfortable." Right. I'm not going to play this because it, it 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 feels weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. You yeah. might not have discovered, oh, well, man, when I listen back to this, actually, the the way it goes from, like, high to low to high or low to high, to, whatever it is, like, I actually like the the musicality of that phrase. Physically, it took some time to get there, but 
but I actually like the way it sounds. And now it's flowing physically too. So I can, I, I really own this, like this little one bar phrase, I can play whenever I want. Right. The more, the more things you have like that, the less things you're going to have when you do hear something in your head and want to get it out to your limbs, you're, you're going to have less times where it hangs you up because it's just that muscle memory thing. Yeah. You know, every, every good drummer can go, digga, 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 because that's like what you learn to play at first. And it's really easy because you lead with your right hand or whatever hand you, you're dominant with. Right. And, and it flows and there's no uncomfortableness to it. But like, if I want to play that, like if I want to reverse it, well, that might take some time because now I got to start with my left hand and go up instead of down yeah. or, or if I want to split it up and do a crossover, like to just be like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm not going to pursue it. That's dumb. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you know, there's a, there, there, uh, there's a uh, thing I just learned. Well, you know, what? I'm not sure if technically it's exactly the way Brent played it, but it's an old song, an old country song uh, from Brooks and Dunn. Uh, hardworking man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that song. My hardworking man. And the way everybody thinks it's played, which is easier, they think it's in the key of A first. That's the first takeaway. They think it's just automatically in the key of A because of the way it's played, right? So, right? Okay. But it's not. It's in the key of C. So you okay. don't have that open A string to oh. play with. And the other thing Brent does is he's not going, he's not, okay, let's just pretend it's an A. But yeah. Brent's not doing this. He's not going. He's doing this. He's riding that the whole time. Oh, okay. Right, right. right? But he's doing the key of C. So then some people are like, well, he's using capo. But there's a couple notes he's using in the vamp that you can't have a capo in the way. Oh, interesting. So the so Brent, he's got to be doing this this uncomfortable position of the C chord, right? But he's <laughs> dropping the third. He's not playing that. He's going. Okay. He, I have oh, to wow. switch. <laughs> yeah, dude. To my thumb on top. Yeah. But wow. I, I took the time to learn, like... That makes my fingers hurt. Because <laughs> it has a particular feel and sound yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. But I was so glad I got it figured out, because now, like, there's these, like, little things that... That I can apply that kind of principle... Yeah. ...to that, that I would never... I would have never Do used you know, that. You know that what, what's funny about that is, like... There's, there have been several things in my drumming life where like I like I learned something wrong, not out of like, well, I, not because I didn't want to pursue how to play it correctly, but it's because I thought that you thought that's how it was like, done. Like for, I can think of two things, three things really, but, um, 
two things. Like, so there's this Steve Gadd thing, and it's gonna be really hard to demonstrate it without any visuals or without drums. But he basically like, and and drummers out there, which Lonnie's the only one that listens to this, but <laughs> he'll know what I'm, he'll know what I'm talking about. Like, he he'll do this thing where he'll play kick, then two notes on the snare, two notes on the hi hat. I gotta think about. It. Wait. And I can't think what it is. It's funny. I could sit down and play it, but to actually think about what it is, I can't. I know what that's like. Uh, but like how I learned that, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago when I finally mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to learn this. I heard, I heard it as a, as a seven note phrase, which it's not. It's okay. not. It's a, mean, si- it's a six note phrase. Oh, but I heard it as a seven note phrase because that's all, I guess it was like 20 years ago, but that's all I could like wrap my head around as to what he was doing. So I heard it as a paradiddle diddle, which is right, left, right, right, left, left. Okay. Okay. So I, you, I would play right on like right on the hi-hat left on the snare drum, two rights on the hi-hat, two lefts on the snare drum. The first right, the first note of the paradiddle, I would also play kick drum. Okay. Okay. But then I'd put in a seventh note on the kick drum. So it'd be like, right? Like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if at certain tempos, it sounds pretty much like what he's doing. It wasn't until years later where I saw a video of what he plays. And I was like, oh, I'm not even close so i've touched this game yeah exactly (laughs) but i've since learned how he does it and and i work on it the the cool thing about that is i can play what he plays but i also developed this cool thing that kind of became like a gaddy thing but it's not what he does it's right it's like my interpretation of it. And I'm not saying that like, you shouldn't learn the original, but like I didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I resorted to this. Cause I don't want to bother this other thing's too hard. It was like, what's well, what I thought he was doing. Right. Another thing that's like, that is everybody knows like the John Bonham triplets, like, or you can just call them like the rock triplets where you split it up between like two hands and a foot. Right. So, I learned that as right foot, left, right foot, left, right. I learned it as the kick drum in the middle note. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because when I was trying to figure out what he was doing, that's just what I thought. And when I went to play it, that's kind of naturally what felt best. Uh Uh-huh. So, right? Right. But Bonham, (laughs) like the the quote unquote correct way, that – there is no correct way. Like however you play right. it is what, what you want to play. But if you want to play the way Bonham plays it, right. Or like even bebop guys use it as a phrase too. It's right, left kick. The kick drum is the third note. Oh buddy. I'll tell you what, after years <laughs> of playing it, the way I played it, it is, I, it's so mentally hard. Like I work on that phrase. I work on it in a bebop context. Cause I actually, Personally, the way I originally learned it, I really like in a rock context because the way you can play the kick drum in between the two tom notes to me sounds fucking badass. But 
but I, it's like something I want to incorporate into my jazz gigs more like a, as a bebop lick and playing right, left kick, right, left kick, right, left kick. And like keeping hi hat on two and four, it messes with me all the time. It's because my limbs are like, no, that's not the order. That's not the order this goes in because they're used to doing it. <laughs> like it's almost easier if I just permutate what I learned it as, which is right kick, left, right. And I just started on the left because then the, the limbs still go in the same order. Left, right, kick, left, right, kick. It's they just don't that think anything's The different. musical phrase <laughs> sounds different. Right, because you started in a different spot. But the physical part of it is the same. <laughs> but I but I don't want to resort. I mean, that's cool, too, to play it with, like, the, starting with the left hand. But I don't want to resort to just doing it that way. I want to learn it the right way. You know what's interesting about that thing, that very thing, is that Bonham played it that way. I, I, no one, I, who know, he, only he would know, right? Only he yeah. would know this. But... This happens so frequently when learning other musicians' techniques, right? Because yeah. there's a, some of it's very hard to figure out what they're doing because things happen so quickly, and it's not always dis- very distinguishable. Yeah, right. So the funny thing to think about is this: what if that thing he played? He well, he didn't come up with it out of thin air. He heard something that inspired that. Yeah. What if what he heard is what you actually play, and he learned it the oh, wrong, right, right, the, uh, yeah, quote I mean, unquote, wrong way, right, yeah. And then yeah. you heard what he played and heard it a different way, which is maybe the original way, he right, <laughs> right. I mean that 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 kind of, that's how that's how things come to be. Exactly. You know, exactly. like. Uh, like it's funny because Brett Byers, one of the guys I play for downtown, he's also a really good drummer and a, and a very big Bonham fan. And we were talking about that very thing one night. And I, we were talking about like the Bonham triplets. And I was like, yeah, it's so funny, man. Like I learned them like this when I was younger. And I showed him and he was like, oh, that's wrong. And I was like, <sighs> I mean, I, I was like, I know, but like, and I understood what he was saying, but in the back of my mind, I was like, well, who's to say it's wrong? Like, yeah, I, I'm not over here in a Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin tribute band. Like, right. this is just my take on that kind of thing. Now, I mean, I wasn't like pissed about him saying it. I understood what he was saying, but then it just got me thinking like, there really is no right or wrong. There's just, Mm-mm. there's just good or bad. That's it. Those are the two genres of music. Yeah. So like, so the, the third phrase that I thought of that I picked up on this phrase, <laughs> I, I got this phrase really under my hands about the time I started playing with you and Timmy. So it was like, Oh three. I, and, and like a very common thing is to play a, a sextuplet phrase, right, left, right, left, kick, kick. Right. And like kind of played around the songs like like where you go. Yeah. You go like snare Tom, two on the floor, Tom, two on the kick drum, right? Right. But for whatever reason, now this is an example of get giving up on myself too early. But for whatever reason, when I was trying to get that phrase under my hands, it it always felt more comfortable to stick the kick in on the f- fourth and fifth notes instead of the fifth and sixth notes. So I would play like right, left, right, kick, kick, 
right. Oh. Right? But what happens is, so, well, then I, I don't, I can't restart the phrase because then I got to lead it with my left hand, right? <sighs> so I developed this, and it became this kind of like blurry fluster of notes that sounded cool, but like if you really tried to like grid it out, it would kind of be like, yeah, it's like a nine note <laughs> phrase or, or like a, or not a nine note phrase, but it'd be like a 13 note phrase or something, you know? But like I used it a lot to great effect and it was impressive enough to like commoners that they're like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> but, it, but in my head, I always knew, man, I'm like fucking playing this wrong and I should really take the time to learn it right. Well, I didn't get it really under my hands until like, I don't know, 12 years ago. Like the actual, <laughs> where you can just keep playing it and it flows. Uh huh. So all I have to say, I did, you know, uh, fix the situation and learn the proper sticking. But it also, learning it wrong has years later, I can play very complex phrases that are based off of that original wrong sticking that I learned because now I can, I can figure it feels out how to, fun. it feels I, well, and I figured out how to move it around and get in and out of it where it's actually like a legit note value. It isn't like a 13 note phrase. It's actually like six notes over and over again, but where I can place the kick drum changes. I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this, but like sometimes learning something wrong can actually lead to a a unique thing that only you can do. Like, cause when I, I'll play that thing or, or a variation of that thing and people be like, man, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I I don't know. Like it feels natural to me. I'm not thinking about it. Uh huh. You know, when someone else will play something that feels natural to them, but I'll be like, man, that's weird. Cause they're putting the kick drum here. And I really have to work on that. But like how it came naturally to me, I, uh, I've, I've, I didn't have to think about it. And now years later can actually manipulate it. I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, man. Holy cow. This has been a heck of an episode. Yeah. I guess we'll have to do another episode about, uh, burnout. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to do that and then do the catch up on what happened. Hopefully I'll still be around then to talk about burnout. It won't have gotten the best of me. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. No. Uh, yeah, talk about my uh knees Yeah, yeah, you well. got to tell you got to tell me about that. Sorry, oh, this went really long. This yeah, can, it did. This we we ought to call these a couple episodes like Stitch and Bitch 1 and 2 cuz that's pretty much what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I won't forget, baby. (laughs) Uh, Oh, cool. I just broke this. Hey. 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 Did you know? Oh, boy. I know. Hey. It's it's the thing. I know. I know. Hit me. Hit me. (laughs) Did you know I didn't. Oh, dang it. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Did you know almonds... Wait, what? I don't know what that is. Almonds. What are you saying? Almonds. Oh, okay. Okay. Is it almond? Almonds. 
almonds. What's your favorite kind of Snickers? <laughs> An almond Snickers. A what? A what Snickers? <laughs> Damn it! I do love al- almond uh, Snickers. Uh, almond. A U M O N D. Just almond. <laughs> almond. Yeah. Okay. Got almond. It. <laughs> almond. Drop the L. The L is silent where I'm coming from. Where I'm where I'm coming from? Where I come from. Where are you coming from? <laughs> I don't know. All right. What about almonds? Almonds are a member of the peach family. Did you know that? Wait, for real? Yeah. Yeah. A member of the peach family? Member of the peach family. Hmm. If you if you didn't know that, you don't know this one. Did you know an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain? <laughs> Good share. <laughs> Did you know a tiger's... Oh, gosh. Tigers have striped skin, not just striped fur. I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. That's a good share. Did you know, you know, peanuts aren't actually a nut? They're a legume. Legume. They're a bean. Are they? Yeah. They're a bean. Yeah, they come from the ground. Huh. All the other nuts are tree nuts. Something like that. I don't know. Did you know that... Here, I got one for you. Did you know that 76% of uh, statistical information is just made up on the spot? (laughs) I feel like you've done that one before. I probably have. (laughs) That's fine. The, did you know the characters Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street were named after Bert the cop? I and knew this Ernie, from the Taxi It's a Wonderful Life. From... Yeah, I knew this. That's wow, pretty, that's, you knew that? That's my second favorite movie of all time. Third favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I knew that. Sorry. <laughs> did you know a giant squid has the largest <laughs> eyes in the world? <laughs> did you know I think this episode is over? <laughs> Good share. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening or watching the Good Share podcast. Hey, Ice, tell them what they can do. Well, if you're enjoying the show, please take a minute and like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Don't forget to ring that bell so you never miss an episode. That's right. And if you want to know more, go to thegoodsharepodcast.com. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. 